The University of Maryland Global Campus was established to bring a respected state university education to working adults at home and abroad. 70 years ago, we sent professors overseas to educate service members and their families on military installations and on the front lines. Today, we're online because that's where working adults need us, that's where you need us. We'll support your commitment to being a successful student with services that fit your lifestyle, and we offer more than 90 programs and specializations for where you are and where you want to be. University of Maryland University College is now University of Maryland Global Campus. We go the distance because times have changed, but what we're made for hasn't. UMGC offers online support for veterans, including resources at the Veterans Resource Center, no-cost digital materials replacing most textbooks, virtual advising, transfer credits, and lifetime career services. Speak to our dedicated military and veterans advisors who can help you find the right degree for your career path. Visit umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. It is indeed another edition of the ML Sports Platter. A big time thanks to our friends at Sit Mean Sit Syracuse, CNY Electrical, the Syracuse Fitness Store, and Ken's Auto Detailing. Inside, outside, wax and wash, full detail at Ken's, Route 11, Cicero. Get over there if you're in and around central New York. Ken's Auto Detailing is a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Just $120, right? I mean, that's it, 120 bucks, and it gets you basically a car um, that you feel really, or a truck, or whatever it is, uh, you feel like you're literally driving a brand new vehicle. I mean, it's, it's that, you know, it's that simple. So get on over to Ken's Auto Detailing today. Well, the NFL is here, and uh, I'm going to spend a good chunk of the pod on uh, tonight's opener between the Cowboys and the Buccaneers, kind of dive into some storylines, some keys to victory, just kind of the opening, you know, kickoff and, and everything just in general is, is such an exciting uh, uh, night and week. Um, and then I will play for you my Steelers Bills preview, which is a crossover episode from Bills Brawl. So you'll be able to check in on both of those uh, previews here on the platform, and I, I think when you look at this game with the Cowboys and the Buccaneers, clearly, you know, what jumps off the page right away is, you know, well, Brady, defending champions, blah, 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 right? Like, all of that stuff jumps off the page. Of course it does, right? Like, Thursday night, they get the primetime game, on and on it goes. But when you dive deeper and you go inside the walls of the game, not just like, oh, well, you know, they're Trying to repeat, and this, yeah, we know. Um, but where are things going to go right or wrong for each club? And I'm telling you right now, I, I look at this this Cowboys team without the offensive guard on the right side and Zach Martin. I think that's going to be a huge problem for Dallas. I really do. Um, I think in order for Dallas to win the game. I think you're going to need a lot of Zeke Elliott. You're going to need a ton of play action and and working and keeping time of possession, right, and winning that battle. Uh, Dak Prescott has to play smart, obviously, but, you know, I think 
playing a little bit of keep away here wouldn't be that bad of a strategy for you know Mike McCarthy and company um, against the, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, because I think you know the Cowboys while they do have you know some solid pieces they are just in most areas they're just so outmanned with with you know player versus player. Uh, they're just so outmanned by the Buccaneers at basically every single position, right? And so I think Dallas, you know, they got to use some smarts. They got to keep possession. They got to get eat, as really big games out of Ezekiel Elliott and and Dak. And then, you know, you, you want to try and create that key turnover. I think, you know, if you can win the the field possession battle and, and, and keep it close at the half, um, you know, and, 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 and then you get that one pick, that one fumble, the one strip, whatever the case may be, the Cowboys could use a, a really, really solid turnover uh, in this game. Um, you know, I mean, Dallas, you know, look, Dallas has a really, really solid roster in spots. I mean, when Dak's healthy, he's really good. Elliott's one of the best running backs in the league. Can't ever get enough of Mari Cooper. I think CeeDee Lamb is on his way to just absolute superstardom in this league. You know... You, I mean, how many times, you know, can can you can you tell people about the Cowboys linebackers, and you know what they can bring to the table, right? I mean, they are pretty darn good, you know, and and, and they've got Leighton Vanderesh and Jalen Smith. They've got the rookie who I can't wait to watch play, and Micah Parsons, a guy who's a do everything linebacker out of Penn State. You can literally put him in the middle on the exterior, interior, you name it, he can do it. Um, that was a great signing just from the standpoint that they want to keep that depth going and they want to keep dominating in the middle. The problem is, you know, can the Cowboys, and this is the other big, big, big key to the game, and it always is with Tom Brady on the other side, right, is you need to get a pass rush. You know, who's going to provide the pass rush for Dallas? Is it going to be Demarcus Lawrence? Is it going to be... Basham? Is it going to be Dorrance Armstrong? Is it going to be somebody else? Is it going to come from literally the linebacker core? I, I mean, they have got to get to Brady if they want to have uh, a chance. I don't love the Cowboys secondary. I really don't. Um, their special teams are are okay. I mean, Zwarline can make some, some kicks. Uh, uh, you know, the punting game's fine, but you know, mostly when you look roster to roster, Tampa Bay just outmans Dallas in, in, in really just about every single area. I mean, it starts with Tom Brady, who is superior to Dak Prescott. Uh, one area the Bucks do not, of course, is Ezekiel Elliott probably is, is, a, is a better top running back than uh, Giovanni Bernard or Leonard Fournette, although those guys will be formidable. Ronald Jones is there now four years in the pros. He's going to share some some carries. Um, you know, the wide receiver group, it, it, it just, while I like CeeDee Lamb, and I think Amari Cooper's a really, 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 really good receiver, um, you know, do they match up mano mano? you know, and their tight ends certainly don't. If you combine tight ends and wide receivers, you're way, way, way behind if you're Dallas, but Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, you know, O.J. Howard. I mean, you know, they're just they're loaded. And the kid Cody McElroy, I think they have some promise for the, uh, um, I think, second-year player now out of Oklahoma State. So it's going to be, you know, a tough game for Dallas. 
Um, you know, you look at the defense of the Buccaneers, they're going to be constantly, constantly pestering Dak Prescott. I mean, I, I you know, this guy is going to be, that's why I say, like, the Cowboys need control the line of scrim or control the field position battle, try to get more points, you know, uh, easier, right? Because this defense is going to make Dak work. They're going to stack the box when they need to to stop Zeke Elliott, and then they're going to just absolutely ramshack at Dak Prescott. And you know the names, man, because this is a Super Bowl team last year, and folks, everybody is back. Shaquille Barrett, linebacker, Vita Vey, defensive tackle, Ndamun Kinksu, defensive tackle, right? You've got William Golson at defensive end. The linebackers are as loaded, probably, as Dallas, led by Levante David and a guy who can play some hybrid and Jason Pierre-Paul, who apparently looks as trim, as fit, as healthy as ever, uh, which is a scary thought. You've got Anthony Nelson. You've got Kevin Minter. I mean, the linebackers, they are loaded. And don't forget, the linebacker, who also can be a hybrid-type player out of Washington, I think he's going to kill it, Joe Tryon. Shoyinka for the Buccaneers. So, and Devin White, you know, there's another one, right? The unbelievable player uh, out of LSU. So you've got Devin White, you've got Tryon, you have Pierre Paul, you've got Grant Stewart as a depth piece, rookie out of Houston. They plan on using him. Uh, Anthony Nelson, Minter. I mean, this is a major, major defense. Levante, David, they're going to get after it so much. And oh, by the way, if for some reason the front and the middle don't really perform that great and Mari Cooper's out there on an island with a corner. They have good corners for uh, the Buccaneers, and they also have some sensational safeties led by Antoine Winfield Jr. So this is a really, really good football team. This is the defending champions. They bring everybody back. Now what's wild is that a lot of times in uh, sports, you can win a championship and you can come back and be a better team but not win at all because of circumstances. The NFL is very similar to the college basketball tournament, NCAA March Madness on the men's side, and really for the for that matter, the women's side. But the NCAA tournament in college basketball is you play today, right? You win today or you go home today. That's it. That's the list. Uh, uh, it, it's, it's today's coach, today's opponent, today's players, uh, uh, you know, you're playing against... Uh, today's scheme you got to beat, uh, today's building you play in, today's rims you play in, the, today's time zone you play in, and then you win, and then you focus on the next opponent with all those other factors in completely different circumstances, right? If you can fly out to the West Coast and win two games and get to the Sweet 16, and then you play on the East Coast, you got to fly all the way back, you got to practice, you got to do this, you got to do that, and then you're playing a totally different coach, a totally different system, a totally different arena, a totally different rim uh, makeup, perhaps, uh, you know, on the hoops. So the same thing applies for the NFL. When you go on the road or you're at home, you're about, it's today, and, and that's the regular season, um, you know, clearly the, the regular season mantra as well uh, in terms of, you know, one game at a time, one week at a time, worried about today, blah, 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 all the coach speak. But in the postseason, it literally just rises like 10 more levels of that, right? Like it's just... You can't say, well, we're, you know, look at the way so-and-so played uh, in, 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 in the first week. Uh, if they play like that against so-and-so, then they're going to win. Well, maybe, you know, I mean, it, it's easy to say, well, you know, if they played this team and dominated that team, then 
they're going to just roll this team, but it's a new day. It's a new team. It's a new, perhaps, stadium as well. So, but it does, it, it is interesting. I, mean, I, I think about, you know, championships and, and the best teams sometimes in, 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 the, in the program, uh, program's history for college football or basketball, uh, NFL teams, MLB, et cetera, you know, best team in franchise history, but they didn't win a World Series. You know, the 88-89 Syracuse Orangemen come to, come to mind because they had Sherman Douglas, Billy Owens, and Derek Coleman on the team. They lost to Illinois, I think, in the, in the fi- regional final. But that might have been the best team, right, in, 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 in uh, SU Hoops history, uh, but they didn't win it all. And we know that the 0203 team won it all. Uh, you know, there are other circumstances where other teams – probably were not as good as that team just based on those three guys alone. You know, but yet Syracuse goes to the Final Four in 2012-13. They go in 15-16. They make the Sweet 16 and 18, right? Like, because the circumstances, you get in, and then nobody wants to play Syracuse. And it's the zone, and it's, you know, it's today, and it's it's Jim Beheim and it's somebody always rises to the occasion as an offensive star. Maybe there was an upset, which that happened, with Michigan State losing to Middle Tennessee State. Remember the 215 game back in... 2016, and then voila, Syracuse beats Middle Tenney, and then they win two more, and then ba-boom, they end up in the Houston Final Four. So it's sports, it's wild, but but I know one thing for sure. This Tampa Bay Buccaneer team is locked and loaded and ready to roll. They've got it all happening on all sides, all facets of the game. Bruce Arians, his his head coaching staff, fantastic stuff there. Byron Leftwich, Bowles and company, they've got the assistants, they've got the head coach, they have a good special teams group, they've got secondary men led by Antoine Winfield Jr., their linebackers are all over the place, they're ball hawks, everybody from Devin White to Levante David to Jason Pierre-Paul and company, um, you know, and then obviously that pass rush is freaking scary. I got Vita Vey as my lone defender on my fantasy team, so hopefully hopefully he has a big game uh, tonight. So big-time stuff here for the Buccaneers against the Cowboys. Can't wait for this game. But, again, I think the keys are going to be really all on the Cowboys' side as far as how this outcome will happen. Do the Dallas Cowboys, uh, you know, are they able to uh, ground and pound with Zeke Elliott, work the play action with Dak on the run, um, you know, utilizing the short slant passes to Cooper and Lamb and then letting them dance on the field and, and, and try to create some yak yards after the catch. Uh, I think it's going to be terrific stuff, though. It's awesome theater. Can you imagine the freaking ratings with this game? The defending champs, Tom Brady, you know, going for another Super Bowl appearance, which would be 11, going for another ring, which would be 8, which is absolutely absurd. The guy is 44 years old. He's been in the league for 22 years. And people, again, out of Tampa Bay Buccaneers camp are saying, and Eric Adelson said this on this very podcast, Tom Brady's as good as he's ever looked. Well, <laughs> yeah, somebody's been slugging the avocado milkshakes or whatever the hell else he's eaten. But uh, this team is is locked and loaded. They're ready to go. They got weapons. Godwin and Evans and Brady will be throwing to those guys, and 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 the running back room is full and deep and versatile. You can hit thunder. You can hit lightning. Bernard Fournette Jones can come in, you know, and spell some folks. And obviously Rob Gronkowski giving another run at tight end. So this is remarkable stuff. I do actually think this is Rob Gronkowski, probably his last year at Brady. Brady's going to try to play till he's 50. He's really going to do that. Um, but I'm going to take Tampa Bay here. I, you know, again, Dallas has got to be able to get a key turnover, control, control field position, right? Get some good field position for some easier scores. And, um, you know, I, I think, I think establish, you know, that ball control, you know, with Zeke Elliott play action and, and utilizing the receivers, Con- converting third down is going to be huge too. 
because they don't want to, you know, keep uh, allowing Brady and company to, to, to mow them down, uh, down the field. And in addition to that, on the other side, you know, third down is big. You keep the defense uh, honest and tired. You know, that Buccaneers defense is already scary enough when they're playing a full game. Um, but if you play a full game where they got to work and they're just left out there and third down, at least you can wear them down a little bit. Zeke Elliott can help that, right? He can help that cause. Uh, I'm going to take Tampa in this game. You know, again, night one, emotion, defending Super Bowl champs. The fans are going to be packed, although they were there all year last year, but not in a full capacity. Uh, they will be this time. Um, and I just think Tampa's a superior roster. I really do. I think it's going to take a mountain, uh, a, 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 just a gigantic mountain to climb for Dallas to get to the top and beat them. Um, so I'll go Tampa Bay 37. Let's go 37 to 23. A couple of touchdown win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mike Lindsley here with you. It's called the ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms like Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer iHeartMedia, and Amazon Music. Make sure you download, subscribe, leave feedback. And a five-star review, we are presented by our great friends at Stanley Law Offices, Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, Axe Exotic Pets, and our awesome, awesome friends over at Liverpool Physical Therapy. Log on to liverpoolphysicaltherapy.com today. Pete and the gang doing just a tremendous job. Uh, Get your post-op work there. They can help you with shoulders and backs and knees, you name it. And Liverpool Physical Therapy also wants to remind you that no doctor prescription is necessary for the first 10 physical therapy visits in New York State. Liverpool Physical Therapy, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. And as always, a tip of the cap thank you to the Swan and Whitaker families for their support of the platform, as well as your State Farm agent, Matt Graham. You can get a free rate quote today, SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com is the website. Well, as mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I did my Steelers-Bills preview for the Bills brawl. Here is that. Boy, what a year Bills Mafia is pumped up for in Orchard Park. Here's my Steelers-Bills preview from the Bills brawl. You're listening to a Brawl Network production. This is a podcast for the best fans in the NFL. Are you in the Mafia? It's time for a Bills Brawl podcast. Second down and seven. Kelly with the tie. Touchdown. Bill Brooks. Allen. Deep shot. Touchdown. On the line to Stephon Diggs. And Thurman breaking tackles at the 22. Inside the 10. Touchdown, Buffalo. It is another edition of the Bills Brawl. I'm your host, Mike Lindsley. The season is here. Can you believe it? I'm going to just kind of spend some time here on the podcast uh, chatting about the Bills, uh, the upcoming season, expectations, all that sort of stuff, and really hone in on you know week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think first things first is I think this is about an 11 or 12 win team. I know that a lot of people think that this is just going to be an immediate rush right to the finish line. They went to the AFC title game last year. Their offense is better. Uh, you know, the schedule is manageable. All those different things that take place. But I got news for you. Um, sports don't work that way. You don't just rush into something. You start over. Brandon Bean addressing the media saying, look, this is a zero 
zero situation for everybody. Everything that happened last year is off the table. It's done and over with. And so I think, you know, with the Bills, you've got obviously a lot of factors. Um, You've got the hype. You have the expectations. You have Josh Allen and the contract. He has his own expectations. Everywhere, by the way, I go in central New York, I see Josh Allen. I see him everywhere. Cardboard cutouts, Bud Light Seltzer, QB1, Wing Sauce, uh, Buffalo News compilation uh, of of, of Triumph Books of Josh Allen, built for Buffalo. He's everywhere. He's a superstar. He is a rock star for the Buffalo Bills. And I think that it is absolutely positively important to realize that he's going to hit a few bumps in the road this year. Just by default, I think he's an all-world quarterback right now. I think he's on his way to superstardom if he can just stay healthy. They're obviously building around him. That He's got crazy good weapons with Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, Gabe Davis, host of running backs. Dawson Knox should be a little bit better this year. Uh, they've signed their offensive line to keep that, you know, that group intact, which is huge. Brian Dable's been there for the consistency factor. I just am telling you, that the way sports work, the way the hype train works and expectations, he's going to hit a couple of bumps in the road. And I am very intrigued, by the way, to see exactly what he's going to do on the road again with hostile crowds, you know, not being able to get snap counts off, uh, can't hear through the headset uh, until the 15 mark, all those different things that he didn't have to deal with last season because of Corona, He's going to have to deal with them at, on the road, and not just on the road, but at Highmark Stadium as well. Uh, and, and so, look, do I think this is a really, really good football team? I do. I think the Bills are going into the year as the AFC's favorites. I think they're going into the year as a Super Bowl contender. I think they can beat anybody and everybody on the schedule, and that includes the two teams last year in the Super Bowl, Kansas City, you know, in Week 5, and then... Um, you know, Tampa Bay in, in week 14, um, you know, the schedule was very manageable. They start out with four games right out of the chute at 1 o'clock. One of those is on the road, but it's at Miami on the East Coast. Then you get into prime time Sunday, Monday, back-to-back weeks, Kansas City, Tennessee. You have a bye week. Then you go right into four 1 o'clock games again. I mean, they go home for Miami right out of the bye week, so you get a couple weeks at home in general to prepare for that team. Then you go at Jacksonville, terrible team. At the Jets, terrible offensive line. And then you have the Colts at home. Then you go back into some primetime Thanksgiving NBC against the Saints. Uh, New England at home, uh, 8-15, but that's primetime Monday again. Then you go Tampa Bay, 425, Carolina TBD. And again, some of these games will probably be flexed. But then you end the season, and hopefully, by the way, that Sunday, December 19th game is a 1 o'clocker as well. And then you have the last three games at home, uh, actually uh, as as uh, one o'clock games, and two of which are home. You go at New England on the twenty sixth, day after Christmas. Then the day after New Year's, you go uh, home for Atlanta, and then you've got home for the Jets. So you've got home field advantage possibilities uh, for the last two games. You will be at home. If the Bills need to win a game or two to make sure that the AFC goes through Orchard Park, I like their chances in those two games. Week 17, week 18, used to be week 16 and 17, now a 17-game schedule. I like their chances against a team that maybe Matt Ryan isn't there at that point. Maybe 
The Falcons just bench Kyle Pitts for safety reasons, uh, health reasons to build for next year. Who knows what happens? The Falcons' offensive line isn't that good. Their defense isn't that good. Their secondary, not that good. Uh, there's a lot of wiggle room here if the Bills can somehow get into a position after that Tampa game, four games on the line. If you have to win three or four to secure a home field situation, I think the Bills can do that. Um, you know, plus Atlanta, they play inside cold weather and all that. So the schedule for the Bills, it sets up nicely. It really does. Now, do they have their big competition? Of course. You've got to face Belichick's defense twice with guys coming back from Corona. Uh, Mac Jones is there. They spent a ton of money uh, in the offseason on weapons and John o. Smith and Honor Henry. They got a host of running backs. The offensive line, I think, will be a top five uh, uh, group in, in, in all of football this season. Got to deal with the Chiefs again. Got to deal with the Titans again. Got to deal with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road, right? You got to deal with the Colts at home in a playoff a rematch from last year. Got to deal with the Washington defense week three, and Ryan Fitzpatrick will give the Bills trouble. Because he knows the Bills. He knows that place. He feels comfortable in Buffalo. But he'll probably throw a fourth quarter interception, right? Uh, you got to deal with some things here on the schedule. But by the same token, you play the Jets, got to beat them twice. You play, uh, you know, you, you, you play the Dolphins, you got to go probably 1-1 one and one there, maybe even 2-0. and oh. You play the Patriots, split even. I mean, 5-1 and one of the division again. While those teams are all improved in certain areas, the Bills need to go 5-1 and one in that division. You play Jacksonville. You know, you've got a bunch of solid home games. Like I mentioned, you finish with two. You start with three out of four at home. All one o'clock games. So the schedule favors the Bills. I think they they have everything lined up, you know, for the season. I, I think that the offense was so good in the preseason that it almost makes me super nervous about, you know, things just because the hype train and the craziness, full stadiums. I've been texting with my man Kyle, my cousin Kyle, who's been a season ticket holder with his dad, who's my dad's first cousin uh, for, you know, almost 30 years. And I've been texting with just Bill's Mafia people, uh, my good buddies. We've been crazy. We can't wait. The expectations and the hype train and the excitement, that mix has not been this like this since probably, what, the early 90s, like 93 or so. This is going to be potentially a spectacular year. The pressure will be on the Bill's. Week in and week out. Everybody, you can't hide from people now if you're Buffalo. Everybody wants to give them their best game. And before I get into the Steelers, I want to mention this. Last year as the season went on, I was kind of like, man, you know what? The Bills, man, they have to play them. They have to play the Chiefs. They have to play the Titans. They have to play them, this team, that team. But then I started the Rams, the Seahawks, the 40. But then I started changing a little bit. I was like, halfway through the year, I said, yeah, but they have to play the Bills. <laughs> you know, they have, they have to play the Bills. You know, they have to play a really good team. They have to play a potent offense. They have to play <clears throat> a team that is going to win the division. They have to play a team that can contend for home field advantage. They have to play a Super Bowl contender. Um, so I started feeling like that last year as the year went on, and this year certainly nothing has changed. Let's dive in a little bit to the Pittsburgh Steelers game. First things first, I'm going to take the Bills in this game. I think it'll be a close game nip and tuck for quite a while. I really do, because I think this Pittsburgh team is a really good team. I'm going to go 31-21 Bills over Pittsburgh in week one 
at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park. But this is going to be a better Steelers team. The 39-year-old Ben Roethlisberger, uh, he's going straight to the Hall of Fame on the first ballot when he retires. He looks thinner, better, more mobile. He's 6'5", 240, or is he not? And people have been saying he's right around that 225 mark now, 225, 230. He looks lighter. He looks better and on his feet. I think Najee Harris is going to be a problem for defenses in the NFL in year one. You're talking about a guy who played at Alabama, championship football year in, year out, uh, a stud running back. He goes in line with the Derrick Henrys and the Mark Ingrams and all the rest of them at uh, Alabama. Didn't win the Heisman, though. His teammate Devontae Smith did. But Najee Harris is going to be a factor at running back. He will be a guy who gets a ton of carries. He will be a rookie of the year contender. I guarantee it. He'll get carries. Trey Edmonds gets carries. Then you speed forward to the wide receiver group. I don't love this group. I don't hate this group. I think Juju, Smoot, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster has a lot to prove this year. You know, between uh, you know the injuries, the nonsense from last year, and all the rest, the inconsistent play, he's really got to get his shit together. Ray Ray McLeod, a guy who you can kind of hope to count on on third down. You know, Chase Claypool. I don't love him, but I don't hate him. Uh, Eric Ebron at tight end, they're hoping is going to have a big year. Big Ben still has a bunch of weapons, and they did indeed go out and get help for him as well. I mean, talk a, a little bit about you know getting Harris from Alabama. Um, Rico Bussey out of Hawaii, a speed type wide receiver at six foot one ninety, who can kind of burn it a- as a rookie. So they went out and got guys. They got Pat uh, Firmuth from uh, Penn State, the tight the tight end. So they did get some guys who are rookies, who they're hoping to get right in there and plug and play. Um, you know, and then you've got the the the, the other situation here with uh, with um, uh, the defense, which is just an absurd group. I mean. And by the way, I don't like the offensive line at all. I think one area where the Bills can exploit the Steelers is going to be their pass rush. And we know that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean went out, made sure to get guys up front, men who can go after the quarterback and get after it hard. Now look, the intention is to get defensive guys in order to get after Patrick Mahomes, but it doesn't stop and end there. It doesn't start and end there. It goes to Ryan Tannehill. It goes to, <clears throat> you know, Mac Jones. It goes to Tua Tunga Viola. It goes to Zach Wilson. It goes to uh, uh, Tom Brady. It goes to Sam Darnold. It, all the quarterbacks you play, you have to get to. And Big Ben's no different here. And, and I think that the line, they just don't have anchors on this line. They really don't. And I think Big Ben's going to be running for his life all year. And I haven't done my full NFL preview yet. Yet, but I feel like if the Steelers aren't going to make the postseason, I feel like the Steelers, it's going to be because of their offensive line. I just think that there's no there's no doubt about it. The rest of the roster looks very formidable. The defense is just an absolute wrecking crew. And obviously we know, you know, that it all starts and ends with TJ Watt, who's now in his fifth year out of five years in the league, Wisconsin product, obviously, JJ Watt, TJ Watt, et cetera, the Watt family. He's a defensive player of the year candidate every single year. Melvin Ingram at linebacker. Look at the linebackers. The linebackers are absolute studs. You can also mix and match and put Watt up front and have him rush the quarterback hard. Uh, the secondary, I think, is is fairly strong. In fact, I like the pick for Donovan Steiner out of Florida, the rookie. Uh, you've got Trey Norwood out of Oklahoma. They've beefed up that safety area. Carl Joseph should be fine. He's six years in the league already. I can't believe it. One of the best safeties in the NFL is Minka Fitzpatrick. 
Uh, and then you've got Trell Edmonds as well. That safety group is really, really strong, uh, similar to the Bills, actually, because you got you got Micah Hyde there, you got Jordan Poyer, a lot of good safeties in week one. And then the corners, you know, they've got solid corners. they got physical, bumpy corners. Uh, I don't know about number one type Jair Alexander, Stephon Gilmore, Trey White type, but they've got some, they got some dudes, man. They really do. Joe Hayden, uh, you know, can't argue with his production over the years. The Florida product now in the year, what, 12-13 in the league, which is extremely hard to believe. Uh, Cam Sutton out of Tennessee. They're hoping a lot out of Witherspoon. Uh, you know, they got five, three, five, twelve 12-year veterans uh, at corner, and they went out and got Demarcus AC out of Missouri to provide some depth. Uh, maybe could see some time. Um, Mark Gilbert, the rookie out of Duke. So they've built more underbelly sort of you know things here in the secondary. Going out and getting safeties, going out and getting corners uh, to build on top of the Joe Haydens and the Minka Fitzpatrick's. This is a decent Steelers team. I know what happened last year was. Uh, you know what was was disappointing for them. They did go three and one in the post uh, in the preseason. Uh, twenty twenty was a tough year for them because they just couldn't get. Uh, you know they just could not get uh, uh, production consistency. Uh, they had a bunch of injury problems. The line was deplorable. You know they finished eight and eight, and for Steelers standards, that's not good enough. They need to be a playoff team each and every year. That's what the fans expect there. Um, I'm sorry, I was on the wrong year. Hold on, 2020 they finished. Wor- uh, no, I'm sorry, I was going to say 2020 they finished. Uh, 2019 they finished uh, eight and eight. That was disappointing. Two years ago is what I meant. Corona year they finished 12 and four, but they lost in the postseason to Cleveland. And I'm not sure at any wit. You know, look, this team started out strong. Uh, two years ago was what I had on my mind, and, and that's what happens with the coronavirus, right? We just, last year, was last year, last year, was it not? Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers started super strong. They started 11-0 last year, but we knew they were going to trip up. We knew that they were vulnerable. We knew the offensive line wasn't that great, and sure as shit stinks, they lost three in a row. Washington against Buffalo on a Sunday night. Remember that unbelievable competitive game where Taron Johnson picked off Big Ben uh, at the end of the first half? Then they lost to Cincinnati. Bad loss there, no Joe Burrow. And then they beat the Colts, and then they lost to the Browns in the last week of the year, and then they lost to the Browns again in the postseason in a shootout, 48-37. If you remember, Big Ben Roethlisberger had a 500-yard game. Juju Smith-Schuster did have a really good game in that one. He was on my fantasy team last year, but ultra frustrating because it was super up and down with him. He had 96-yard games, then he'd have a 55. He'd have a 93-yard game, then he'd have a 45. Then he'd have a 85-yard game, and then it, you know, it was you know 69 yards to start against the Giants on the road. He was the leading receiver. But the Steelers now, with a better, healthier, lighter, more mobile Big Ben, you add some pieces in the draft. You're hoping for a lot out of Claypool, who I think is really, really good. Smith-Schuster... They're hoping for Ebron. They do have a formidable receiver group, and they do have, in fact, a really, really great defense top five group. So I think this is going to be a tough game for the Bills. You've got week one. It's a team that's three hours away that's got a lot of expectations. They want to get after it. They want to you know, have success in the regular season, but more importantly, get back to the playoffs to correct what happened against the Browns last year. And then on top of that, You've got all the things swirling around the Buffalo Bills, the hype and the expectations and the offense, and and the crowd is going to be wild. And 
you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a bullseye on the back all year for the Bills. There's just no other way to say it. This is a Buffalo Bills team that is expected to do great things. This is a different situation. The opponent matters to a certain extent, but eventually those teams have to play the Buffalo Bills too. They've got to play them. They got to deal with Allen. They got to deal with Diggs. They got to deal with Beasley and Davis. They got to deal with you know uh, an offensive line that returns. Uh, all all their players, right? They return core players and Deion Dawkins and Daryl Williams. They return Cody Ford. They return John Feliciano, right? They return uh, Mitch Morris at center. The thing is, that offensive line, they didn't play one game all together last year. The Bills had guys in and out. Feliciano had to play center and Mitch Morris going down. You've got the concussion problem with him. So there's going to be some challenges here for the Bills. This is not you know, a lot of Bills Mafia, you know, walk in the park, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Calm down. We're 0-0. We're starting over, and it starts week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Bills, though, like Pittsburgh, you know, did have a very, I thought, solid, um, you know, solid preseason. I mean, I think they got everything done that they needed to do. Uh, you know, Josh Allen got his time. Um, you know, same thing with Big Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, you know they went three and one in the po- in the preseason. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, of course, went three and one in the pre uh, three and zero oh in the preseason, beating Detroit, Chicago, and Green Bay. Uh, but it's set up for the Bills. You know they brought everybody back. Uh, Brandon Bean did well with the cap. Uh, the offensive line is back intact. Allen is paid. Uh, you know the receivers are all coming back. Brian Dable's back. Leslie Frazier's back. Uh, so it's in place for Buffalo to make. A run. I'm Mike Lindsley again. Thirty-one twenty-one. I'll take the Bills over the Steelers. That's your Week One Bills Steelers preview. I have a preview each and every week here on Bills Brawl. And don't forget to hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports and download and subscribe to my other podcast. It's called the ML Sports Platter. Uh, tons of amazing uh, national media guests, Hall of Famers on that podcast. And uh, as I record this, I'm heading down to Cooperstown tomorrow to cover the induction with Larry Walker, Ted Simmons, Marvin Miller, posthumously, and the great Derek Jeter as well. And uh, be on the lookout for some interviews on the ML Sports Platter for that. And my ML Sports takes all over TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, IGTV. Thanks for listening to the Bills Brawl. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. Everybody needs just the right amount of fuel to get going in the morning. For some, a nice McDonald's egg and cheese bagel is just enough to do it. Others might prefer a McDonald's bacon egg and cheese bagel. Or perhaps a sausage egg and cheese bagel. And there are those where nothing will do but a hearty McDonald's steak egg and cheese bagel. Four different breakfast bagels to get you going. Tomorrow morning, give your engine a head start at participating McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We travel to see what's around the bend and what we're capable of. And now Capital One's new class of travel card can keep up with you. Introducing Venture X from Capital One. With 10X miles on hotels and rental cars and 5X miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2X miles on everything else you buy. Venture X, for those always asking, where next? Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E. 
AV on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.